Hi there, I'm Heidi Higgins, and you are listening to K-12 on Learning, sponsored by Stride. As a mother and grandparent and online learning coach, I'm consistently empowering myself to keep up with the newest ways to engage my family with 21st century concepts. Recent research puts coding at the forefront of future careers. So how do we learn and teach our children how to code? And why is this so important? What is coding? And more importantly, how young do we begin teaching these children? Today, we're going to welcome Coach Newton Antoniuk from Panucation, a nonprofit organization that uses playful and creative thinking tools to engage learning experiences for youth, families, and educators. Coach Newton has partnered with Stride to offer a free playful introduction to coding class for no cost to any family across the country. There's no requirement for enrollment in a Stride school to participate. All are welcome. This is for grades three through seven. I will include the links and information in our podcast notes today. Coach Newton Antoniuk, welcome to the podcast. How are you today? Oh, I'm doing wonderful. Staying cool, that's the key. These that days. is the key. <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's an important thing to do during the summer. I wanted to share with our listeners a little bit of your background because we're going to be talking about coding today and the importance of it and what it is. But I want them to know, first of all, where you come from when it comes to that topic. I wanted to say thank you for the opportunity to be here to talk to you. Coding is a very personal passion of mine. In my background, I started on the East Coast, Philadelphia area, went to Drexel University, studied electrical engineering, went to work, a company called Unisys, Barry at the time, and got my master's in engineering while I was working. So one of those, you know, keep studying and learning, which is also some philosophy I try to follow still today. So from that engineering background, I worked the East Coast and moved to the high-tech Silicon Valley, West Coast. And a personal passion was always when my oldest was in fifth grade. I went and I discovered this in engineering school. I had taken Fortran, programming language. So I thought, oh, coding is for something you learn in college and universities. And I saw this program from the MIT kindergarten learning, lifelong learning lab is what they call it, and saw that they had this program called Scratch that taught programming in a way that elementary school students could see it. So in 2010, I went to my oldest fifth grade class and asked the teacher if I could come in and just show them Scratch. And I had so much fun with it. It planted the seeds for me to someday want to to move transition from engineering. This is something that I'd like to do is to uh, share this discovery with teachers and students and families. So I took that engineering background and seeing what Scratch and coding can do, left engineering and started a nonprofit in 2018. So that's kind of my background, kind of this evolution of life, right? Taking skill sets. So I, you know, I hope to bring that high tech experience to schools and kind of show how important coding is to these students, right? And careers of the future. I appreciate that. And thank you for sharing your background. What is coding and why is it important to learn? Such a great question. (laughs) And so many times it depends who you're talking to, right? So are you talking to a parent? Are you talking to a teacher? Are you talking to a college professor? Are you talking to a seven-year-old? Because that topic spans all of those age groups. And that's what I love about learning and coding and computer science is the more accurate term of like, what it is you study and get a degree in in college is computer science. And a lot of people know it as coding. Honestly, it's controlling the tools we have around us, whether it's a computer, phones, coding controls, the elevators we operate in today. So all of the objects that have become a part of our 
day-to-day life are controlled by commands that are written by people. So coding is really a language that you learn, but the language is created by people just like us that said, hey, I want this robot to do this on Mars. So I have to give it commands to spin this wheel and spin that wheel. So coding really is that ability to take a tool and create. And that's the aspect I really like about coding is it's fun. That's the key thing I bring to people is a lot of people think about like, oh, coding. And it's this classic in school, sit in the corner, writing text on a green computer screen the way you see in the movies. And it's so much more than that. The other reason I think it's so important to me is with my engineering background, I really see it as a foundational skill, not for the coding itself per se, but that it really builds this critical thinking capability in students, adults, anybody who learns that coding. And that critical thinking skill is important for all of us, and especially for young students and careers of the future. You have been helping the Stride family of schools, the Stride K-12 family of schools, for several years now. You have come in as a guest contributor, and you have been teaching them an introduction to coding using this Scratch program from MIT. And you have literally taught thousands and thousands of students. So tell us what it's like to be able to have that kind of an opportunity with students. I'm always super thrilled and excited to have that opportunity with students. What I found it's been great with the Stride family as well is I'll go back to the word family because really Stride is not just about the students, but the families are intimately involved in what the students are doing. This online world of learning I found reaches the parents as well in direct ways and different ways for different families. And I think that's Also important because part of um, the understanding is students may not know like, hey, this is something I should try. The parents' awareness. So I always applaud parents that sign up their students for coding clubs, whether it's K-12 or have them attend some of the Stride events. They get an opportunity to see that learning is fun. I enjoy kind of walking through students building their creations online. They get to exercise their critical thinking skills. They learn to communicate with one another and share what they've learned and really builds these collaboration skills, exercising creativity. Think about a writing assignment where you get a blank piece of paper and you get to start your story from the very beginning. It's your personal story. And that's what a lot of people don't realize about coding is they think you're working on a task defined by someone else. Well, with Scratch and actually any kind of coding, you are building a multimedia project that engages your imagination. And that's at the individual level. So here's this common tool that we're using as a language, right? Computer science coding is basically a language and we're all using that same language, but we're constructing different things. So that personal meaning, whether it's animation, stories, art, games, I take personal joy in learning from the students because their imagination goes in routes I never see. So it definitely, uh, helps to keep us all young and see where their minds are. So that's why I like to go by Coach Newton, because I effectively, as a coach, my goal is to see my players, students go beyond anything I've ever done, just seeing those skill sets evolve in the students without them realizing that's happening. That's the key thing. It's not something you go into is today, you're going to learn critical thinking. Today, you're going to study communication. It's happening as part of the process while they're having fun, right? Playing games with friends. And at the end, they're like, hey, you've gotten a lot better than this. So some of my eye-opening events have been 
where a student three months later, we do a little reflection and go look at your projects today and go look at your very first creative project. And they themselves can't believe like, wow, they're empowered to share with others. It's fun to see families with multiple siblings join. It's fun to see them creating together, learning from one another. Like any language, it's age agnostic with grandparents coding with kids. It's kind of like building puzzles, playing any kind of game. It doesn't matter what age you are. And in fact, some of the little seven or eight-year-olds could be really, really good at it just because they've been doing it longer. So it's a matter of learning and experience with anything. So that's what I love seeing, the this unified playing field, so to speak. You know, it's all tied to STEM, STEAM, science, technology, engineering, art, mathematics, integrated together. So that's the value at the project level, right? I enjoy that. I remember being on a session with you, several actually, but one in particular where there was a young boy, he couldn't have been more than third grade and he wanted to do something. You were helping him create the whole group of us online, create a game. And he wanted to be able to do something. And I think he wanted to make his player fly or something like that. And he blew us away with his interest and how he was persistent and he was anxious to learn. And his mother, who was sitting right next to him, was just taking it all in as well. So you are reaching multiple generation learning here. (laughs) It's exciting to be able to see what you've been able to accomplish. How might coding be able to apply to life? Oh, great question. So I view it as any kind of learning. How does learning apply to life? So this is just a specific language. So it gives you a literacy. And when someone learns a new language or is given this power with a tool, and again, Scratch, and I work with Code.org, has great programs. There are a lot of opportunities out there. And they scale to different levels of learning as well with these tools. And the ability to give young learners this control of personal expression, I found to be pretty unique. And in fact, a lot of young students, all students kind of hesitate because a lot of education has kind of been very structural and kind of like, okay, this is what you will do today. So sometimes it's a challenge. It's like all of us as adults, if we've ever gone into buying a home, this is the analogy I use, is why do people that are selling homes stage the homes with furniture? Because they found that if people walk into an empty home, they really have a hard time imagining what that space would look like. I found coding is the same way. Sometimes when you say, guess what? You get to create from scratch. There can be kind of this like paralysis of like, whoa, what could I do? So my role is to kind of get that comfort level. And as students see their peers working with them and building and saying, you know what? I have a control over my own personal expression and choosing what it is you want to create with this tool. They have agency, so they own it. The word you use is key, persistence. They don't give up when it's a personal passion of theirs. Seems natural to us as adults, but a lot of learning is tough to structure that way. And that's what I think this applies to life because it's a foundational kind of learning. They learn how to learn. They become self-resilient. They learn from others. It creates wonder in their world. They're like, wow, I wonder how that person did that. They can look at the code of how other projects were created. So you start thinking about these tools and that the fact that many of the jobs 10 to 15 years from now don't exist today, right? There are some nice statistics out there that say, you know, 30% or 40%, something like that, pretty large of the jobs of the future don't exist today. 
think about 15 years ago, if I, you know, you and I had talked and we had met, we're like, yeah, we're going to be on a Zoom session doing a podcast. <laughs> What's Zoom? What's a podcast? What are you talking about? And here we are. So the key, I think, to the students' success in their future is how do they deal with a dynamic learning environment? How do I collaborate? How do I take control? Feeling comfortable that they have control over these tools, that the phone is not just a device to play a game on, but that they can create a game that others can play. So now suddenly they can create animations or art or stories, or what is the topic they're interested in today, right? Are they a Harry Potter fan? So there are these communities where you find others that are interested in, you know, Mandalorian or your Star Wars character, right? Baby Yoda. I've seen somebody had so much fun where students draw their baby Yoda and they're more into the art. So it brings out the artist in them and the coding in the computer is just the tool for them expressing that. So I think that really leads into opening many opportunities. That's what I see learning coding, like learning languages. You don't know today what that future opportunity will be, but you want to really enable yourself to take advantage of the opportunity when it comes knocking on your door. So that's kind of where I see it applying to life. So it's kind of very broad. It's not very specific. It's kind of a big picture value is what I see. So sometimes it's tough because that's what I would stress to parents is don't always look for the very specific little tiny thing. It's like, what will my student learn? They will learn how to put these two blocks together. It's a little bit bigger than that. And it's a first step in a journey. So be patient with that. It's tough. I've got two kids myself. So as a parent, it's tough. You're like, oh, my kid to get all the best. And this is a great first step. Let them play with it and see where they go with it and allow them that direction. You have been running classes for third through seventh graders, just as a, a simple introduction mm -hmm. using this uh, Scratch program. And we've seen quite a lot, especially as the academia it mixes in. So there's some math that is learned mm -hmm. yeah. accidentally. <laughs> <laughs> what are some examples of how math is applied? Oh, definitely. So one of the things about giving computers instructions is, right, we talk about smartphones and, and all of the devices around us, they're not smart at all, right? They're pieces of hardware. It's the programming, the coding that goes into them is what makes them a value to us, whether it's, you know, doing engineering or math or tools, things of that nature. So to me, that's where it takes you into, I don't know, a variety of careers, go engineering, science, agriculture, Think about information and data. So coding lets you learn about that structure. And then when you start thinking about math and the words like algorithms, you realize like, oh, how do I learn long division? Step one is this, step two is this, step three is this. Well, guess what? That's coding. You're telling a computer step-by-step step what it has to do because it has no intelligence. So I use analogies like robots, right? So I'm really excited about NASA and how we've got the new Mars rover there. I've been following that and created some classes around that, actually, where the theme is we build a scratch project to get to Mars. And we use some of the great images and multimedia from NASA to build these projects. So if you think about it, uh, easily ties into math and art turning angles, turning degrees. So now you're taking these concepts in math that are concepts and building something real with it. 2D on the screen, but over time, students with coding learn program robots, right? So now you're working in three dimensions. I've done classes where 
zero robotics where they were programming something that would be run on orbiting space station. Taking something and applying it to the real world is, I think, ties into math, art, but definitely mathematics is kind of the, the easiest to kind of sneak in there. If you're creating a game, Angry Birds, for example, right? You, you're projecting and launching this object to the other side of the screen, trying to hit bowling pins or things of that nature. So suddenly you start thinking about physics and like, well, how do I make it arch across the screen like it does in real life? How do I make gravity happen? That's students like you mentioned, they were like, okay, I'm creating a game. Well, if I just launch this object up on the screen, it should slowly be pulled downwards, right? And then older students learn about, oh, well, if there's acceleration if you really wanna be realistic. And then there's resistance of air. And there are other objects that could speed you up or slow you down. So suddenly you can allow the level of math and these other topics to creep in the way you want. It gives you flexibility on the teaching side and of course the learning side as well. So that's, I think math is a great example of how you, you see coding apply. It's fun to be able to see all the different careers that are touched by coding and the things that the students can go in, but our lives daily are coded. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Everything from opening our garage doors, driving our cars, there's all sorts of things that coding can go into. Do you have a moment that you can recall specifically when you were working with a student when there was kind of a, a light bulb that went on that was something that you could share? Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. So as you mentioned, I kind of focus on you know third through eighth grade. And third can be a stretch. It really depends on the individual student. But I had a stride group, WAVA group. I was doing after-school coding club with them. A lot of parents with second graders were interested when they saw the coding sign up. So they said, oh, can second graders do that? I was like, whoa, that's going to be, let's, that'll be interesting. They could be kind of young. But what I really found I enjoyed with that and some of the eye-opening moments came from that was it involved a little more parent activity, right, with second graders. And again, attention span is shorter periods of time. But I personally thought like, okay, let's see how this goes. I'm, you know me, I'm willing like, you know what? If there's someone who's wanted to do it, I'm never gonna say no, let's give it a try. And there was a second grader that was working on their projects. Boy, they would get so focused on what they wanted to create, whether it was the art and how to use the tools. And one of the parents sat with their daughter and created a scratch holiday Christmas card. So we were doing this as fall coding. And at the end, always have sharing sessions. So that's part of collaborations is we share. And some of the students want to share right away. It's good. like, I want to show everybody what I created. They're so excited to do that. So I really have to go like, we're going to do that. Keep working, keep working. We're going to do that in the last 10 minutes. So this young student had created with their parent a Christmas card where the trees were talking and it was animated. And of course the parrot helped her out, but think about the power of that moment, right? Where this student's like, you know what? I'm learning something. I'm creating this. My parents involved with me and they shared it with, you know, grandparents that weren't nearby, right? In the middle of COVID here this past December of 2020, the ability to share something online that you've created that's personal designed by you. So to me, that was really an eye opener to see these hardcore second graders that came week after week, for some reason they missed or forgotten. The parents had sent me notes like, wow, so-and-so was really upset. They missed the, the coding club. Can you tell me what we worked on? So they know, you know. So to me, that was uh, kind of interesting to see how that passion can build at even a younger age than I thought with Scratch. I'll give you one more. So I worked with a program. There's a teacher in Virginia 
I try to reach out to as many educators as I can across the country. And I'm lucky to work with, she created a program called Scratch Pals. And that's a six-week session that pulls together classrooms from around the world. So I had a group of students, fifth graders, and it was an eye-opener for me to see the students building projects that we collaborated and shared with students in France. So we did a Zoom session with a classroom in France that was going through Scratch Pals and creating projects based on the United Nations goals. The students picked which one was their passion, but within these goals for improving food, protecting the environment, things of that nature. And then we had a classroom with uh, students in Mexico as well, a uh, young class. And what we found through that was suddenly we're like, well, wait a minute, we're talking to students using Scratch. We did, you know, most of our students didn't speak French, didn't speak Spanish. And we were able to share our projects with these students internationally, as well as suddenly some of the older students are realizing, well, Scratch has this language capability for translation. So they started building projects with a little button. And I said, hey, it would be interesting if you did something that was in Spanish. They added the, the capability in their projects where you pick a button, like what language did you want it to be in? So they found that they had the power to share. So to me, that was a great, like, wow, this is, and I'm talking about elementary school students here, right? I'm not talking about college projects or like they're building this hey, they're starting to think about, wow, there are people that don't speak English. I don't speak French, but they can make projects that are truly international, right? So to me, those were really like, wow, moments and seeing the power that I hadn't anticipated, right? And that's where an open tool like this is wonderful because you can take it in the direction you want. Very, very powerful thing to learn at a young age, I think, is that you have that control. I like that. And the programs that you're talking about are free. They yes. don't cost money. When you were are working with Stride Families, that service is free as well. So I know that you do some things personally with your nonprofit, with your panication company, and it's nice to be able to see that. What kind of things do you do? Yeah, absolutely. No, thanks for asking. So besides working with a coding club, so I do work with teachers thinking about incorporating computer science coding in their classroom and would like to integrate it or add it in some way, feel free to reach out. But I have a series on uh, YouTube this spring, going back to my days of Saturday morning cartoons. So I created a little YouTube session weekly, Saturday morning code with coach. So I have 15 sessions recorded there. So if parents want to, again, it's on YouTube. So you want some parental supervision of what students are doing on YouTube, but there are 15 sessions there to kind of give you a, a taste. And I did that with students. So I found some students whose parents gave me permission and they joined me live. So to me, that made it interesting to see what their perspectives were on it. It's not just me blathering on and on about code. And definitely uh, this comes out. I have a weekly newsletter that I'll be restarting here in the fall. So if you want to go to panucation.org subscribe to the newsletter, always check with your stride school and, and let them know if you're interested in a coding club. I think it helps to get that kind of feedback because it is very personal per school, right? And, and sometimes if you have a community that says, hey, I'd like to see this, is that a, an option? That would be, I think it's good, you know, to I do too. just and be aware. That's how we become aware of those kinds of things is when yep. the student says, hey, why don't we? <laughs> and we, we add that about twice a month, we have some upcoming sessions that are called simply a playful introduction to coding. These are offered at no cost to third through seventh graders. 
If you've got a moment to join with some of these opportunities to learn coding, experience it, at least gain an understanding of what it is and what it can do for you and how it surrounds you. That's just the fun of this playful introduction with Coach Newton. And I recommend you uh, highly to all of our listeners. Please check it out. It's a lot of fun. It just makes me think there are some students that, you know, these are kind of single sessions spread out through time. And we have some that keep coming, right? They're like, what's the next one? What's the next one? Because again, it's something where once it grabs your passion, you're like, you want to do more. It's like a good book. I don't want to put it down. I think that's a great analogy. It's like a good book. There's so much to learn. And learning the language of coding may open up the doors to careers and opportunities that are yet unknown. Coach, I appreciate you being here today. What a joy to see the good things that you're doing for the Stride families and for all over the country with your Panucation, a nonprofit organization, it helps spread the word of coding all over the world. Thank you for this great moment and thanks for visiting with me today. Oh, my goodness. My pleasure. Thanks so much, Heidi. Thank you for listening to K 12 on Learning, sponsored by Stride. To learn more about online public schools powered by Stride K-12, our Stride Career Prep programs that foster lifelong learning, or any of our private school or individual course offerings, please go to stridelearning.com or k12.com. Remember to subscribe to this podcast and feel free to leave us a good review. We hope you'll join us next time for K-12 on Learning.